your Monday night sports show. Full time on KCLR with Eddie Scully. And you're very welcome to Full Time on Casey Lord with myself, Eddie Scally. Coming up for you on tonight's show, we're going to be talking to Barry Doyle. He's going to be bringing us up to date with all things racing, a couple of big stories from the weekend and a couple of big stories coming up next week, of course. We'll also be chatting to the CEO of Goffs, Ireland, Henry Beebe, the title sponsors for the Goffs Tiestas Chase, which takes pass in Gorham Park Thursday week. So Henry's going to drop in for a quick chat. And we'll be talking to Pat Murphy, the Carlos selector, about yesterday's game against Wexford and, of course, the earlier in the week as well, the game against Kilkenny to see how things are with the Carlos set up at the moment and we're also going to be catching up looking back of course on Thomastown and Tullerow or Tullerow Ross Birkin two famous victories for Kilkenny clubs Tullerow winning the junior All-Ireland title and Thomastown winning the intermediate All-Ireland title and I said I wanted to get a different perspective from the two games from the weekend and I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Kilkenny photographer and videographer Morris Walsh who was on the touchline for both games at the weekend Morris thanks a million for popping in thanks for having me Eddie thank you well, Morris, I suppose first and foremost for yourself, you know, you're going to the game, you are working, it's a bit like some of us when we're doing the radio shows, the whole lot. Do you get to enjoy the games? You, you do, in a way, you do. Um, a lot of time, you might be able to watch the game because you're so focused on what's happening in front of you, but you do enjoy the game, especially if it's a good game, like if you were at a, I want to say, a county finals, if, they're, if, if it's a good game like that, it, the photography is even better, but yeah. It would be, in a way, yeah. And, and the games from the weekend itself, obviously Tuller and Ross Birkin were up first, and, uh, you know, there was a pretty emphatic win for Tuller and Ross Birkin. It was a comfortable win. Um, I'm sure you got some, some pretty interesting shots from that. Ve- very interesting ones, yeah. I've, I was, in a way, I was delighted for Tuller and well done for him, because a lot of the stalwarts like Pat Hartley and Walter Welsh, they were there 15 years ago, and they lost, and now they're on the winning side of it, and whatever in front of me I tried to I tried to capture as much as I can like so I got amazing photos of say Connor Hennessy and Walter Welch and Keno Donahue so deli- actually delighted with a lot of the photos I got yeah and there was one photograph and I have to say it you know I, I've, I've, I've used you many times to video games for myself with some of the teams that I've been coaching throughout the years I'd kind of get you to try and capture that for us obviously it's, it's handy for the analytics to look back on and things like that but for the players themselves this is the memories you're, you're encasing their memories for a lifetime Pat Hartley and all these boys and men are going to you know they're never going to win a junior All-Ireland again well they'll hope they'll never win one again but these photographs are going to last them a lifetime oh absolutely like I, when I was there walking around I was actually thinking about when I was there with Bennett's Bridge and my father Christy Welch was over the t- bridge team and just looking back at those two days they're absolutely amazing like it's great to think back and like it's great to have the photos and the videos to look back at to watch it in case like for a rainy day like for example I videoed a lot of the games up until All-Ireland and Watching them back, it's amazing. Like just to see what we've what you've accomplished and what you can look back on, and how different things are back then compared to now. One of the images, you know, at the weekend, I get caught up in the the emotion. People know me; I get very emotional. I get animated when I'm on the sideline. But when I'm in the stands, I'm fifty times worse. My family have nearly so I have to go into a stand on my own. They're taking them, put me in a box. But one of the pictures that seen, I came up on my phone. I looked and I just went, "Wow." Now, I kind of looked at it a bit deeper, probably, than the guys glancing through it or flicking on, and the first thing that caught my eye was Pat Hartley. You you were right in the action as the Thomastown players were coming out of the tunnel in Crow Park, going out onto the surface to play in an All-Ireland Intermediate Final, and the Tullerher players formed a guard of honour to cheer them out, led by none other than Pat Hartley, who had only just won Man of the Match, and he is, in your picture, he is clearly screaming these boys on. 
yeah looking back at it, like that was amazing because it's like Pat's just from man the match like last you wonder like is one of the things he should be thinking of is oh I have my her like we just won Junior Ireland and then you see in the photo like he's currently egging on Thomastown which is amazing and like just before that photo like I was just trying to hope to get a running out photo of Tom, of the Thomastown guys running out and the Crow Park staff were just like lads watch out here Thomastown are coming out and Fair play to Tullaher for giving the guard of honour because it's very rare you see it. Like I've never, I've never seen it. I, I, I haven't. I've seen a guard of honour given to teams. So say the All Ireland champions are coming to play in a game and you welcome them onto the field. Something along them lines. I've seen it with Leeds United being welcomed onto the pitch. But like the coordinating on that, like because you, you obviously you were on the field taking photographs, so you had to have seen somebody in Tullaher saying, "Let's come over here and make a guard of honour for these lads." I think when the Crow Park staff said they're coming, I think I just saw, I think I heard, you know, don't say lads, like, like let's let's swap, let's welcome out Thomas, let's welcome out Thomas down, and they're all saying, like, "Come on, Thomas, come on, Thomas." Thomas. And I, I just thought it was, it, it made me feel proud to be from Kilkenny when I saw that. To be honest. Do you know what, Morris? You're you're 100. percent Like I, I'm a Westmead man, and I said to the lads today, I'm a Gary Castle man first and foremost, and I can see no scenario where I clap Patlone out onto the pitch for a, for a match. I'd probably stand there with a hurl and beat them back into the dressing room if I was late. <laughs> but there, you've clubs. They're neighbouring parishes. I mean, in fairness, Tuller Ross Birkin's not 15 minutes out the road from from Thomas down there. You know, they're very close together. It's you know, it's it's it's, it's absolutely brilliant to see that. Yeah, isn't we? Like I, I'd heard them before. Um when Bridge won the Junior All-Ireland I think the day beforehand the Junior Football Intermediate Football were on and Brosna from Kerry were in the Junior Final and Ard Firth from Kerry were in the Intermediate Final I think Brosna did a Guard of Honour for Ard Firth coming out and I I heard it being done before and I always wondered what happened again and because two Kenny teams were in Crow Park it just like what an okay what not? What better occasion for it to happen yeah and, and, and thankfully you, you managed to capture the moment as well because and I mean this, I was in work today and, and there was a lad that I know, former Wexford Jude soccer player, good guy, loves his sport and he said to me, hey, did you see this picture of the Tullerher players cheering out the Thomastown players? And I kind of laughed because I'd literally texted you 10 minutes earlier saying, would you come into the studio and have a chat with me? So it's a picture that's after capturing the imagination. Yeah, like, and there's a lot of, there's, it's very, a lot of times very rare that I wouldn't have a photo that would capture the imaginations that much and sometimes I wouldn't think my photos would be valued that much I just think oh, that's a normal photo it might it might get somewhere but like when you retweet and all the other retweets and reposts like Damien Lawler reposting it was it was incredible I didn't think it would get that much right, see, I'm a trendsetter Morris these people just copy me <laughs> <laughs> but but for, but for you yourself like you know some people say oh this is a hobby this is this is this is, this is it you, you absolutely love this oh this, absolutely love it yeah and, and you, like I was saying to you on the way in you know that that was your fifth Club All-Ireland final it is uh, my first was so the two the two bridge games we were there uh, it was that the Camogie All-Ireland 2017 I was that when Tullerone won it in 2020 and Conaghy won it and I was when the last, the last time I was in Crow Park for yesterday was when Bally Hale played Bally Gunner and Bally Gunner got the last minute goal and you see it's very hard to get past in Crow Park like compared to other stadiums it's very very hard you have to sign in you have to get a wrist wrist thing and you have to get uh, your bag checked and as soon as you get that bib like Crow Park see you as one of their own like they don't touch you luckily but if you don't have that bib they might think you're a pitch invader <laughs> <So, laughs> you could be dragged way. back out with your camera yeah <laughs> and it's uh, will you be in Crow Park again next weekend for the O'Loughlin Gales game Actually, I actually don't know. I've, if, unless O'Loughlin's or County Board are lucky enough to get me a pass, it's uh, it's hard to know. It's very hard to get one. Um, 
If I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. Really, that's always the use, yeah. And for anybody that's looking to, to get a look at some of your work and have a look at some of the stuff you do, where where can we follow Morris Walsh? So, a lot of my photos and videos are on my Facebook page, Morris Walsh Photography, and two or three of them could be, or four of them could be on my Twitter page, at Morris Walsh 14, on, or X, as it's called now. That's at Morris Walsh 14 as well? Yeah. That's my, that's my, that's my and then for this season itself, you'll be doing all the club games and covering everything else then? Funny enough, now when Clubber came calling to Kenny, uh, the kind of I was uh, well, I, I still did the videos, but I, I I didn't do as many as I did say in, back in twenty twenty two, and I got on to Clubber about it. Well, I video first, and they they actually didn't reply back to me about it. So I have to see uh, can I uh, collaborate with Clover about that. Since they're they're that big dogs in Kilkenny now, they are at the moment. <coughs> they are indeed. Just on to the Thomastown game before we do finish up on this one. The Thomastown match itself, uh, first half was a little bit nervy, I'd say, for Thomastown. In fairness, the scoreline—I know they were hitting a lot of wides, but like they were comfortable. But I'd say you could sense there was a little bit of nerve in the air there. There would be, yeah, there would be. Like it's all—it's—it's it's always nerve-wracking going to Crow Park, but you also have to enjoy the occasion. Like when I texted a few of the Tuller Thompson players, I—I I just remember saying, "Enjoy the occasion," because there's hundreds of guys around the county and country who love to be in your shoes right now. No, you're dead right. There is, there's yeah, a, yeah. all over the country, not just the county. Yeah, and and the goal itself, um, I have to say that the first goal for Thomastown, it was an absolute bullet. It was, you know, set up the whole occasion, but it was probably probably the goal of the season as well. Oh, the Stephen Dolly's one, yeah. Yes. Cause I, oh, absolutely. Because I remember, I, I I don't know if I got John Donnelly's pick up. I thought John Donnelly's pick up was so quick, and then he passed it to was it Robbie? Yeah. And to Stephen. Ah, oh, yeah, brilliant goal. I, I'd have to watch it back now again because when I was taking photos, I couldn't really see from the angle I was at. And is it is it is it is it that case like when you have something like that? Because I can tell you from where I was sitting, it was I knew straight away this is whoa, this is some goal. But for you yourself, down through a lens, it's tunnel vision. You don't really get to. Know whether it's as good as you feel, or, or how how do you judge it? Oh, when you're when you're at the corner of the field, compared to the middle of the stand, like you, you don't really see it as much as or as or as good, really. But uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, I saw, I saw, it, but I didn't, I don't see. I got a a good view of it, was uh, compared to others. No, that's fair enough, yeah. Morris. I have to just again congratulate you on what I think is an absolutely brilliant photograph I've, I think it's a photograph that should be hung up in both GEA clubs in Thomastown and Tullaher and it's something that Kilkenny GEA should be very proud of and you did capture that moment for Kilkenny GEA so a massive well done there and, and, and I would advise anyone that hasn't seen it to get onto your uh, Twitter or as X as the, the young hipster people call it now anyway Morris Walsh 14 or follow well, you on Facebook and I actually, have a look. I actually don't think it's on I don't think it's on my Twitter page it's on it's you've reposted I think of yeah, it's uh, it's on my Facebook page as well so yeah get on to the Facebook get a look at it there and the whole lot and then of course if anybody does want to get in contact with Morris Walsh your contact details are there for everybody to see yep contact details are there for everyone to see no good man Morris that is of course Morris Welch we're going to take a quick ad break there and when we come back we'll be switching our attention to Carlo Hurling your Monday night sports show full time on KCLOR with Eddie Scully and switching from our club action there, of course, discussing the Tuller, Ross Birkin and Thomastown heroics at the weekend. We're now going to switch our attention to inter-county hurling. And I'm delighted to be joined in the line by Cardiff selector, Pat Murphy. Pat, thanks a million for taking the call this evening. Thanks, Eddie. Uh, good to be talking to you. And just before you start, uh, yeah, huge congratulations to both Thomastown and Tuller there. It must be unreal, I'd say, for both places to be All-Ireland champions tonight. So congratulations to one and all. Yeah, no, that's the very, very kind words from you, Pat. And I can tell you, after being in Thomastown a couple of times during the last couple of days, uh, they're definitely 
celebrating and I'm sure Tuller are doing something likewise but um, Thomastown is a sea of activity even today as well so yeah, just, <coughs> it's just great yeah and just uh, for John Joe Farrell and company like just yeah the, brilliant for them all and the same down in Tuller of course the, the Murphy's down there and uh, Wally and all the boys so well done to everyone no no the brilliant days um, Carlo Carlo Hurlan um, I suppose you know we've had a, we've had a tough week this week uh, two, two tough games Kilkenny obviously earlier in the week and then down to Wexford Park yesterday we won't we won't dwell on the Kilkenny game it's 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 well in the past but yes this game in Wexford a much improved performance by Carlo I think Pat yeah but I suppose just looking even at both games um, you know, re- what it's about for us at this time of the year is just getting game time into players and we would have played 26 against Kilkenny uh, so 26 also then got game time against Wexford and we also played Setu Carlo during the week and another 25 or 26 players got, got game time under our belt and so that's what it's all about in January and uh, getting up to the pitch of it. Like um, in the Kilkenny match, we created about 29 to 30 scoring chances, but like our scoring was way off and it was a game just back. So making no excuse or anything. But then our conversion rate was much higher against Wexford and I suppose we were a good bit happier. But like the whole thing is just to keep improving and getting that game time, especially against that quality of opposition, is going to be like invaluable for our, our young players. So it's a big challenge, and it's a challenge like that we're really looking forward to. Yeah, like to be honest, Pat, you, you know, and I, and I completely agree with you. You know, and you know, lads can panic and say, "Oh, this, that, and the other," but the simple fact of the matter is, it's January, and January and February really are blood and players getting everybody on the field, getting them fit. I mean, you, you know, there's no point in there's no championships going to get won in January, and there's Absolutely, much yeah. bigger fish to be fried. Just just on yesterday's performance. Um, you know, I suppose the concession of the the, the, the goals before half time, um, the, the, more so Lee Chin's first goal. I think it was Lee Chin's first goal. It was a, an opportunity maybe for the ball yeah, to be yeah, cleared. It was a pass across the square. Look, it was uh, there was a couple of options, and maybe the wrong option was taken. And look, at these things happen, mistakes. But at at at, at this higher level, like uh, mistakes are going to be just punished. Like they're going to be punished straight away. So that's that's a good lesson. Like, and, and this is the time. January is the time to be learning the lesson. So like that kind of a goal. But other than that, like you know, we were very happy enough. Like scoring nineteen points. I think Wexford maybe put twenty twenty one over. So very similar, and um, like so, yeah. We're overall we're very happy, but we're very happy to be getting basically getting the game time uh, in, into fellas. Like because like we're going up now to Lee McCarthy hurling. So we're talking about higher levels of intensity, higher speed levels, higher fitness levels. Like support play has to be much more coordinated and much better. Um, but in de- and then in defence as well. Um, you know that's kind of support play. So and then obviously just Gordon conversion ratio like has to be between sixty and seventy percent. So in neither game was it that like you know it was a bit improved against Wexford, but in, the, in our in our first game, which was I suppose natural enough, very first day back hurling, like uh, our striking like wasn't good. So our conversion rate was very was very low for for the scoring <coughs> chances that we created. So like it, that's these are the kind of the, like you know the the targets that we have for ourselves so we're under no illusion like you know about the task ahead of us it's a huge challenge but it's an absolute challenge that we're lo- loving and the young the, you know, the young all the players the whole panel of 36 players are looking forward to that challenge in the sense of like you know there's, there's obviously you know 20-25% gap from uh, we'll just say you know the level of hurling that's required maybe to 
to at John McDonnell level now up to you know the top level Lee McCarthy level and uh, like everyone's embracing that challenge now it's not going to happen overnight and it's not going to be easy different levels of fitness required and I suppose a different mindset as well so we're all really looking forward to that and uh, I think everybody's really embracing the challenge and it's really good for Carlo and uh, yeah I think we're in a good place enough um, once we're in that mindset Yeah no because like I, I'd be looking at the games and you, you, you kind of see it like I, I've kind of it, 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 it's kind of sod's law really when you when you make a mistake coming out of the defence it's always going to fall into the wrong fella's hand do you know the type of way it's never going to be some young lad making a stable with a ball popped up into Lee Chin's hand there's not too many players would have even took on that goal chance he took on it when, you know and Brian in the yeah. goal is a phenomenal keeper it was always going to take a big strike to beat him but that was a particularly brilliant strike by Lee. In fairness to him, it was it was a brilliant goal. Yeah, and when he's on, when he's on song, like you know, he he's a fair operator. And I see him last year as well, like you know, again against Kilkenny, against other teams, like you know, when he's on song, and he was he was on Sunday as well. So like he's 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 a very an excellent player. So like he took his chance, and, that, and that's what players that play have to do. You've got to if the chance arises, why well, you just got to take it. But like as I say, overall, like uh, taking the score out of you know, we we had lots of possession. We were on plenty of. Ball. We played the long game, the short game. Sometimes it worked out, sometimes it didn't. So, and so it was all a, a, a big learning curve for us. But overall, in the overall context, a lot to improve on, much to do. But we're, we're happy where we're at. And just just on a kind of a couple of side notes as well. For me personally, you know, as someone involved with Bagnus and Gales, I was very proud to see our own Jack McCullough was given the honour of captain in Carlow yesterday in Wexford. It was a it was a lovely touch, probably a lovely thing for Jack and his family as well. Yeah, sure. Jack is a fantastic young hurler, and uh, it's just great. Obviously, it's great for him, and that. Uh, yeah, so it's nice. Uh, different times, you know, especially long now. Different people might get different opportunities, you know, to be captain. So, well, yeah, what an honour for any for any young player. Like you know, Jack is doing maybe twenty, twenty one years of age, and uh, like Jesus, uh, very dedicated player. So yeah, great, great for him, but and also for all the, for all the players. And then. Just, just as an, one for myself, Pat, you know, what I did find yesterday in the game, one of the biggest things I took out of the game yesterday and one of the biggest positives I took out of the game for Carlo yesterday was Car- Carlo's ability in the air yesterday. There, you know, it was the long strike poke out coming down on top of the Carlo half forward line. You know, Carlo had Wexford under serious pressure with that high ball. It did, you know what I mean? That I, I felt Carlo, Carlo's forwards were physically towering over Wexford. You know, you'd, you'd hope that when Wexford come, come knocking down a Netwatch Cullen Park in a few months time that, you know, this, this aerial battle could, could really work in Carlo's favour because it, it yeah, genuinely. Well, I suppose it's, it's one of the skills of the game and, uh, it, yeah, it's great when you have <laughs> players who are, can win their own ball cleanly over the air. And I suppose we're lucky to have a number of players across the half line, midfield, forward line, you know, they have good, ha- good, good hands on them. But uh, I suppose once that's touched at all that you're, you are uh, good in the air, I'm sure uh, all oppositions, if they're doing their homework at all, will will be, uh, you know, up with that hurl and be blocking the ball down and somebody ready to get her. So we just can't rest on our laurels in that one. Like, it's fine to be able to catch it, but again, there's a huge amount of hurling now about winning that breaking ball when it does come to ground. So, yeah, it, 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 we definitely have that in our locker, but um, I think we won't want to take it for granted that, oh yeah, that would be an advantage for us because uh, team, teams nowadays, everyone does a lot of research on everybody else, same as we'll be doing, and uh, they'll know, like it was well touted last year that we won the battle in the air against Offaly and it was one of the factors why we why we won that particular to Joe McDonough final. Like uh, they, we, we actually, you know, they, they did very well in the air over just seven minutes and again in Wexford I suppose we were um, like you know I mean winning winning ball clean ball in the air 
but uh, that can be <laughs> that could be quick enough turn into your Achilles heel if if, if that's the, if, it, if you're going to rely on that only. You know what I mean? That's it. You can't be too reliant on one thing. Obviously, uh, just no, just no, on a well, like it's a balance across the board. A huge amount in, in, in the game now, and uh, a, a lot, there's an awful lot of uh, thought going into it. And I suppose a big aspect of it is decision making on the field of play that players like and I suppose. Man, our management, I'm sure all teams do, is uh, encouraging the, the players themselves to, to be the decision makers. Like, because you're standing on the sidelines, there's very little you can do, and it's about using your head. And it's a very, uh, you know, it's a thinking game now. People, you have to think it through, and and, and it's usually the best option. What is what is the best? Paying intelligent hurling, looking for the best option all the time. So, I suppose that's the challenge, isn't it? This is it indeed. And all attention now switches to the national league. So, a few weeks to get prepped for that. Yeah, and I suppose that's what her basically all this January hurling is about. Like the lads are back from their holiday, and that was a good bonding experience for everybody, bringing the panel close together. Like you know, hopefully that will pay dividends in 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 turn as well down along the line. But uh, and then all the hurling, getting the bit of hurling under the belts and getting up to their required fitness level. So uh, I suppose all eyes now will be on the um, you know the third of uh, February when we away to Kerry, and Kerry is for any team going down to Kerry is no easy. It's never an easy venue to go to, and that's the first. That's a big challenge for us, and that's where it's real. That's what the aim will be like to be ready for that. And then we have uh, meet at home and uh, leash way. So there's huge challenges, and I suppose. For us, I suppose the aim would be to be competitive in the league and to be to be to be at the business end of the league. Then, when that comes on, and, and take it from there. No, well, and fingers moment, crossed. You know. <clears throat> no fingers crossed, Pat. But just to f- finally, as well, I haven't had a chance to see or say it either. But you know, from from everybody in KCLR, obviously, we got a great spin out of you last year with the, the Joe Mack win as well. It was uh, it was massive for for Carlo, and we were we roaring you on. And look, we're all really looking forward to this journey you're going to be taking us on this year. And I know there'll be no stone left unturned. And and, and and, and everything that Carlo Hurling has is going to be fired at this year's league and championship and fingers crossed you'll get the desired results ah, yeah hopefully look you know we're, I suppose hurling wise like and number wise we're, we're small pool enough of hurlers like you know and I always feel that to a, to a degree like where the boys are punching above their waist and it's just a, really sometimes because of the number of players we have compared to maybe uh, bigger counties with more teams and that but like we have uh, any all any team can play as well as 50, 15 players and like we've 36 uh, young men now completely dedicated to the to the jersey and uh, we're ready to give it our all so hopefully that we can go on a journey that will i suppose like you know um we're we've got we've gone up now to uh, a higher level of Ireland uh, Lee McCarthy and uh, i suppose the aim would, would be to try and do our absolute level best to remain to remain at that level uh, and and then and, and to improve accordingly, you know, and then see where that will take us. And to be, especially to be, and um, to be competitive and be able to stand shoulder to shoulder with that type of a horror, like in terms of, um, like our fitness, in terms of physicality, in terms of hurling and all that. So that's the challenge ahead of our bunch of young horrors. So it's a great journey to be on, really. You know, I mean, it's very, um, geez, I'm very enthused over it anyway. And I think all the young players are really enthused over it, and they can't, they can't wait for it. Like the, the, we've, the great. To, to win the Joe McDonough and that has been a, a huge boost for them in, term, in terms of their confidence like it was beating a team a traditional Hurland County like Offaly who like uh, had, had won in the recent past it might say like you know won four senior All-Ireland finals and that uh, would be a very a very proud traditional Hurland County and for us to beat them that was a huge huge achievement for the lads 
and that should should stand them in good stead. So it's just to build on that then going forward and build on what they've achieved. But I would think like, and I think the players should know this as well, like that at the higher level, like we're not we're looking at. 15, 20, 25% improvement across the board and that's the challenge for them in, no. in, all, in all aspects of the game. No, I couldn't agree more, Pat, and fingers crossed that uh, I'm sure every one of these lads is up for the challenge and I know you, Tom, Chris and the rest of the backroom team there are all up for this challenge as well. So we look forward to this journey and hopefully lots of chats between now and the end of the season. Yeah, please God, please God, that was to go, it's go well for us and uh, look, we'll give it our best shot. So thanks very much. Brilliant. That is, of course, Pat Murphy there, selector with the Carlos Senior Hurling team as well, giving us a bit of an insight into the journey that Carlos Senior Hurlers will be going on this year. Just before we take an ad break there, I'm going to just give you a quick update on, in the snooker side of things over the weekend, Ronnie O'Sullivan won his eight Masters, becoming the oldest snooker player ever to win the Masters. And of course, Ronnie was the youngest snooker player ever to do that in soccer. Seamus Coleman became the most capped Everton player ever. The African Cup of Nations has started and Chris Hewton is already under pressure after his Ghana side were beaten 2-1 by Cape Verde and of course Real Madrid beat Barcelona 4-1 yesterday and in golf Rory McIlroy was just pipped in Dubai he was heading down the 18th I think with he was one shot clear he bogeyed it Tommy Fleetwood birdied it and won it and on that note I think we'll take a quick ad break right there your Monday night sports show full time on KCLOR with Eddie's Galley and you're very welcome back to Full Time on a Monday evening. We're going to switch our attention to horse racing now, and I'm delighted to be joined on the phone by Champ.ie's Barry Doyle. Barry, thanks a million for taking the call. Uh, super ready to be on once again, sure. Ten days tomorrow to Tiesta's day and eight weeks to Cheltenham. What a time to be alive. This is it, exactly what a time to be alive is, right, Barry? So what we're going to do is we're going to look back on last week first. Uh, Barry, we want to start off with the Lawler's Nace race. Obviously, huge race. Uh, reading Tommy wrong, I think we all definitely read Tommy wrong. <laughs> I think that was the phrase used, wasn't it? Yeah. It's always a big pointer, isn't it, Eddie, to... I suppose, and certainly the spring festivals, the Lawlers at Nace. I think two of the last, uh, for, well, two of the last five winners of the Lawlers at Nace actually went on to win the Ballymore. Bob Ollinger, obviously, and, and in Voyal. And interesting race, though. I don't know what you thought. Obviously, Il Atlantique was, was all the rage, was well backed as well into six to four, uh, favourite. And, uh, had, well, had a contested lead, but I think jumped his way. Head to the front really travelled very sweetly and I think reading Tommy wrong I think uh, Stamina won the day came off the back of the last and I think obviously ran down the uh, the long time leader which was Il Atlantique and I thought the eye catching one we mentioned him on last week's show as well Eddie I thought I'd just see a Lecky Watson I thought he ran a very very good trial for something like the Albert Barter potentially in the spring he's 14 to 1 for that very keen early in the race but I think on the new course on the Friday at Cheltenham could potentially really suit him yeah, no, he he definitely did. I thought I thought he looked very keen all the way. So to be as close as he was at the finish was a bit of a, you know, was was really good. In Atlantique, just you know, maybe maybe I don't know what caught him out, but you know, I I just look back on his bumper form as well. He seemed to be beaten. Yeah. And, do you know the way sometimes you get a horse that that that's really in it for the fight? When there's a fight, they'll dig it out. They'll do everything to win. Yeah, is there a bit of an underbelly with Little Antique? Is he a little bit windier? Is that just put that one aside and you'll see him storm up the hill at Cheltenham? 
I think he's ground dependent first of all and I thought it was interesting lots of people thought potentially was maybe more of a Ballymore type I thought he'd jump like a like a two miler I thought he'd travel like a two miler and I think if he got soft ground potentially in, in the Supreme Novice Earl I would not rule him out whatsoever and um, it was interesting we do the Road to Cheltenham Challenge on the Champ Today podcast every Monday it's coming out in about a half an hour's time but spoiler alert Ronan Groom who does the show with me has actually put him up for the Supreme so it'll be interesting obviously Willie Mullins bingo he's so many options so many novices to go to war with the one I took out of the race was Lecky Watson and I think he could be uh, one for maybe the three miler on the Friday at Cheltenham no, I, I couldn't put you off that one anyway, Barry, and, and you would know it far better than me. Right, I'm going to take you on a whistle-stop tour around the world, and we'll see where you watching racing or where you bluffing. So we're going to start with Bambridge winning the Silvianaco <laughs> Conti race. Uh, first Irish horse ever to win it. First Irish horse ever to win it, and first start of the season as well. Good piece of placing, I thought, from Joseph O'Brien, because I think, uh, obviously, going into Cheltenham last year was a real lively player wasn't he for the, the Turner's novices chase but the ground is key to this horse also Will Atlantique we mentioned probably wants it on the softer side Banbridge wants it on the nicer side and I thought for a first start of the season he jumped well and I thought he battled well and you know that Ryanair division looks very looks wide open and again ground dependent if he got nice ground at Cheltenham he'd have to be a massive player he's 5-1 to one now best price uh, for the Ryanair chase big player I thought Eddie what do you think yeah but like the 5-1 to one, Barry like, the thing about it is, and I, and I kind of look at these ones as well and see can you, you know, find a bit of value he's probably going to be 5-1 to one on the day as well I would absolutely agree with that I think anyone looking to get involved at this stage hold fire check the weather forecast maybe two weeks out and uh, I do agree with you he'll probably you could even get a bigger price on the day but um, yeah ha- has to be a lively player Eddie Punchestown Punchestown was obviously on on, on, on Sunday two performances uh, yesterday as we're speaking uh, that stuck out to me obviously uh, Mystical Power the Moscow Flyer um, Novices Hurdles uh, sometimes can be a pointer to, to, to like that the Supreme Novice Hurdle Four to one now, Mystical Power off the back of its victory. Um, I'm not sure this race was as strong as the Lawlers was. There's only four runners in the race. Jigoro was second. He was an impressive winner at Navin. Mystical Power, lots of attention, obviously, the, the, uh, the son of Annie Power. So it's obviously going to attract attention. But I, I didn't think he was the finished article. I thought there's room for improvement, certainly with his jumping. And, um, Look, it was a, it was a good performance, but I wouldn't be rushing at that sort of price. Another one, Eddie, that I think uh, you could probably hold fire to the day. Spillane's Tower was impressive, though. I thought for Jimmy Mangan, nice to see him with a good horse, and that was a good performance in a Grade Three over two mile three furlong, and I was really impressed with, particularly the way he jumped his way into contention because he was held up in last, and uh, coming from the second last to the last, I was particularly impressed, Eddie, with the way he picked up. So I think he's a horse that you're going to be hearing a lot more about. Spillane's Tower on yesterday's card, yeah, just. To obviously, mythical power first. Anyway, um, you've you've correctly pointed out that mythical tower is a great mum, but his dad isn't too bad either. In fairness, in Galileo, um, and <laughs> he knew his way around the race course. Um, so, some breeding. <laughs> the the second one's Plans Tower. Um, Jimmy Mangan. It's a yard that you wouldn't kind of associate with holding onto a horse. Like is, you know, it's JP McManus. It's in his ownership, so he's not going to take it out of the yard. He's 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 obviously going to support them. So they don't need to move it on anyway. So it could be exciting times for 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 Jimmy Jimmy Mangan. I mean, he's obviously we'd be very popular in Gorn. He's had a couple of Tiestes chase winners with Winstone Boy, and I know his his yeah. father before him, Paddy had had won the Tiestes as well. But it's a brilliant story that JP is leaving the horse in training. And I don't mean that. Um, condescendingly that he's leaving the horse and training with Jimmy Mangan but Jimmy's it would be a yard that's used to selling 
Yeah, it's still get on well in Wexford as well. I think he's famous for the purple and gold hat, isn't he? But he is. uh, obviously we won't say that around here. <laughs> but I think uh, Spillane's tower, I was particularly impressed with the way he jumped. I thought he showed quite a bit on his first start, Eddie. Uh, sorry, second start over fences at Navin. And that was probably a grade, a grade one chase. Like it was a beginner's chase, but it was probably a, a, a grade one chase in, in truth with the likes of In the Pocket uh, coming second. And, and the winner on that occasion was Facile Vegas. So I think this horse, you're going to be hearing a lot more about him. And, and like that, I have to echo that. Lovely to see him with a nice horse, um, Jimmy Mangan. What about Maureen as well? Uh, today, yeah, he was Maureen next. the machine potentially. <laughs> the, the, the mayor was next on the list for me there. Um, look. You know, you can't but be impressed when you see a horse win by 11 lengths, Barry, but are they getting a bit excited about it? Not needlessly. I don't think it was the best bumper i ever seen. No, well, Relegate won this bumper en route and she went all the way to, to win the champion bumper. It's a long road. Look, could she rock up maybe in the, at the Dublin Racing Festival in that, in that graded race for mares? It'll be interesting to see, but I thought she was good. She couldn't have done it any more impressively. She looks like Fahey and she's related to him. Let's see, can she, uh, can she end up being something similar it's a big ask uh, it's, it's more than a bit it's a little bit of an ask alright when you ask him to turn out to be his, uh, anything like Faheen who I think is like a second cousin or something I think it's uh, it's 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 a relation alright but uh, not 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 a full full sister or full brother just just on that cut from 20s into 8s bit of an extremity in the cut there uh, yeah, we should look at that's that's the age we live in, isn't it? With the with the bookmakers slashing right, left, and centre. But ah, uh, look at she, she's eight to one. Uh, long way to go, but um, Gordon obviously had a nice uh, horse that won the bumper at at, at Fairy House was all the rage. Uh, Romeo Cudio, and he's a nice uh, horse called Jalan Dudari as well. But it's nice to see Willie with a good one, and I'd say I'd say she's I'd say she's pretty useful all the same. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Yeah, Jalan Dudari's Kingstown ownership, I think. Chickenstown aren't huge supporters of the champion bumper they're not massive fans of it and the other horse that you speak of uh, Romeo Coolio was all the rage I switched on the telly expecting to see Romeo Coolio winning by 48 lengths on the bridle (laughs) Um, I was a little bit underwhelmed by that performance if I'm being honest yeah, you know, all the all the dogs were barking about this one, but um, he was quite keen early in the race. I thought, obviously, coming down to the furlong pole, uh, I was worried at, at one stage that maybe he was going to fall. But I thought, in the end, he actually showed a good attitude. But again, uh, these are young horses. I never like getting too involved in, certainly from a punting perspective, uh, on on races uh, like the Champion Bumper, especially this far out, because you you just never know. And these horses are open to to so much improvement as well. But uh, I think um, this weekend we've a big big clash in the Clarence House as well. Yeah, that's where I'm going to bring you to now. Um, you know, obviously, again, before we go on to that, Nicky Henderson has announced again today that Constitution Hill won't be running. I'm giving up on the argument that Constitution Hill is this superstar that they all think it is. If the horse doesn't race, the horse is just, uh, if it can only one run, one, one race a year, it's not for me. Constitution Hill, Nicky Henderson, I, I'm going to get off that, uh, couch there now and leave them to their own devices now because it's getting a little bit boring at this stage but we are going to be treated to or are we actually is is Nicky Henderson just going to come up and excuse the grass is too green at the weekend or what's going to happen I don't know we got the big clash didn't we and Ergamine and um, and Ergamine and Shishkin Nicky Henderson Willie Mullins in the Clarence House a couple of seasons ago that was brilliant that was probably one of the races of the season um, two years ago and let's hope it happens look uh, El Fabioli you mentioned Constitution Hill I'm a sucker for two mile uh, two mile championship chasers Eddie and I think uh, there's none more exciting uh, horse and training for me 
apart from Constitution Hill, arguably upsides with Constitution Hill, uh, this uh, El Fabiolo. He's five from five over fences, um, three of his... Three of his five victories over fences has been when he's been going right-handed. He was very fresh in his first run, quite keen for the first mile, I thought. Uh, but I thought jumping, that was the one thing with him last year. Maybe a slight worry as a novice going into Cheltenham, you know, had he enough experience over fences? And I think he's jumped a lot better this year. And um, he's obviously only had the one start down in the Hilly Way. But uh, that was the one thing I took from that run, his jump. And he seemed to be a lot more professional growing up. And um, I think he's a, I think he, uh, there's no reason for me to see why Jamon would would reverse the form. And I'd be very much in the El Fabiolo camp heading into the weekend. Would would you see it the same way? I would see it the same way, Barry. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's great for us. Obviously, we've got the Kilkenny Carlo connection with El Fabiolo being trained by Willie Mullins. And of course, John Bond is a local horse as well, uh, Barry. So, you know, regardless of the winners, Casey Law is on the, in the home camp there. Of course, John Bond is a graduate of Elmarie Holdens. That's right, yeah, absolutely. And um look it's it's obviously come from the point to point scene as well and um yeah, it's uh look I, I, I would be I would be very much in the in, in the El Fabiola camp going into the weekend. I really hope we do get that clash. And um yeah, it's uh, I suppose both is it looks it's A versus B probably as well for uh, the champion chase, but it'll be interesting to see if John Bon is beaten by El Fabiola at the weekend, would they would they go for round two in the champion chase or would they potentially maybe look at stepping the horse up and trip because given his point to point background as well I'd say he'd have no issue going further right already No definitely I think that is the, the route I think it'll end up being I suppose they'll split them if El Fabiola El Fabiola puts it to the sword this weekend uh, Barry before I let you go you said the road to Cheltenham is coming out tonight and else that we can look forward to at the end of the week Oh well, so next week, Eddie, it's it's all systems go, isn't it? Obviously, partnering up with the Gore, with Gore and Park Racecourse for the TS days yourselves. Uh, really, really proud, as as I said last week, to be to be helping you out and, and to try boost the gate. Um, Next week, we're planning on doing a, a Tiestes uh, build-up show, basically. Uh, you see, you hear a lot about Chelten and Preview Nights, etc. We're going to have a go at it. We're pretty much from a local angle, trying to get local trainers, local jockeys, local owners, uh, people who, you know, who've been involved in the day and, and people, I suppose, who've been going racing and going for, for a long, long time. And, and look, some names, some characters lined up for next week. And I hope to have that on YouTube, Eddie, for 8 p.m. next Tuesday night. So we'll obviously have declarations and, uh, yeah, building up very much at the TS's we can't wait No, well fingers crossed and on that note Barry my next guest tonight is going to be Henry Beebe so I'll say thanks a million to you uh, for taking the call again this evening and I look forward to catching up with you hopefully next week and we'll give another plug to your uh, TS Day's preview on next Monday's show if that's alright 100% Eddie thank you great to be on brilliant that is of course Barry Doyle from champ.ie anybody that's interested in the racing side of things of course you can follow Barry and Ronan and all the lads on champ.ie just looking them up there and of course as Barry said the road to Cheltenham will be coming out this evening we're going to take another ad break there and when we come back we'll be joined by the Chief Executive of Goffs Mr Henry Beebe your Monday night sports show full time on KCLOR with Eddie's Galley. And you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR and sticking with horse racing I am delighted to be joined on the line by the Group CEO for Goffs Ireland Henry Beebe Henry, thanks so much for taking a call this evening Lovely to talk to you Eddie Henry, we're going to dive straight into it there because we're obviously going to be running tight on time with the show itself but I suppose great news last week when your company kindly agreed to continue your sponsorship of the iconic Goffs Tyessis Chase for at least another four years uh, yeah, the, the, one of the easiest decisions we've made for a long time. Um, 
We have done, th- this will be our 13th year sponsoring the Goffs Diastis Chase. It's a very important part of our sponsorship portfolio. It's one of the most enjoyable days of the year. Everyone comes out of hibernation after the Christmas and New Year break. Uh, coming to Goran midweek for such an iconic race is a joy, and we're delighted we're back for four years. Uh, it'll be four years, followed by a few more, I reckon, unless something strange happens. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, we, we definitely will be doing everything we can to keep it because it's a partnership we're just uh, so proud to, to have with yourselves. But Goffs um, itself, obviously... Yesterday's day itself is a massive day out, but Goffs as a company, um, Henry, and particularly with the national hunt sales side of things, uh, your, your Arkle sale and of course the December sale, it's, it's just going from strength to strength in Goffs. Yeah, we're very proud of, of the progress we've made in national hunt. Traditionally, Goffs was known probably in the 70s and 80s and 90s maybe as a company that focused on flat sales, and we have some market-leading flat sales that will be sailed, the November breeding stock sale, uh, which last year was topped by the two highest prices in the world at $6 million when we ha- sold some horses in the Arcos family. But our national hunt sales have done really, really well. At our Punchestown Festival sale, we sold the highest price point-to-point of the year at 500000 Our Arkle sale has grown from being uh, the sort of thir- third of the major uh, store sales in the year to be the true market leader, had 51% of the select store sale market last year. The highest median, the highest clearance rate, it topped out at 250000 We sold in December the two highest price uh, national foals of the autumn in Britain or Ireland, and I think the top 10 national hunt mares. So we're, we're leading the market for national hunt sales, and it's all going very well. But I must say it's all down really to the support of national hunt breeders. We always say... We can't do without you, and we mean that when we say that to the breeders. If if the breeders don't give us the horses, we have nothing. So we can do all the marketing we like, but we have to have the horses. So it's all down to national breeders, Irish breeders supporting supporting Goss and Goss. We promote ourselves as the gateway to the world for Irish breeders. Uh, and we're only delighted when we get the support from those breeders. And Henry, in fairness to, to Goffs as a company, not only is it you know a world class sales house, but you're, you're putting the money back into horse racing as well. You know the Goffs Tiestes Chase is obviously a massive race in this region, but you know it's one of of only many races that you're, you're sponsoring there in the National Hunts Fair. Yeah, well, we've been we've supported the Dublin Racing Festival since it started, and we're now we started we did the bumper for the first few years. Last year we. We, we upped our game. We 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 sponsor the uh, Grade One Goffs Irish Arkle, which we'll sponsor again this year. We sponsor point to point throughout the season, uh, and we also uh, support the uh, owners and trainers lounge at both Punchestown and Nace. So yeah, I mean, look, we're we're part of the industry. We are grateful for all the support we get. So it's important that we support the industry that supports us, um, and uh, it's sort of self perpetuating, self fulfilling. And, and, and Henry, just 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 on it as well, because you know some of our listeners, you know, lots of listeners would be into into the horse racing side of things. Some of them see the sales, but it's one of the things that we always hear that the Tiestes, the build up to the Tiestes, it, it really is kind of coinciding with your inspections uh, ahead of of one of your own major sales, the Arkle sale. Yeah, absolutely. It's the perfect time. Um, it's when we we launch our campaign. Uh, the first bit of major marketing that we do for the Arkle sale which is a brochure we send to all potential vendors. We signed off that today. It'll go out uh, by email tomorrow and then then the hard copy uh, next week. So it's, it's the perfect time. And February, March time uh, leading up to Cheltenham, uh, our National Hunt team will be on the roads, going to the farms, going to the stud farms, looking at the horses and working with the leading National Hunt breeders of the country to select, hopefully, a, a catalogue of real strength, of real depth, of real quality, 
but then people will come from across Ireland, Britain, France and, and America to buy the horse. No, well, Henry, on that note, I'm sure it will be another massively successful sale for yourselves. But first up, you're going to have to entertain all these people. And of course, I'll have to entertain you guys. It'll all be a big partnership Thursday week in Gorham Park. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you again and welcoming you back down. Can't wait, Eddie. It's always one of the highlights. Really, really looking forward to it. Thanks very much. Thanks a million. That is, of course, Henry Beebe, CEO of Goffs. And, of course, Goffs, we're delighted to announce, will be sponsoring the Trieste Ace Chase for a further four years minimum. That's all I've got time for tonight. I'm running out of time because Owen's insisting that we have 8 o'clock news this week, unlike last week. Big thanks to Pat Murphy, who was on with us earlier, Morris Welch, Barry Doyle, Henry Beebe, and, of course, Owen Carey for producing and managing the whole show and keeping me on time. I'll be back with you all again next Monday night. Your Monday Night Sports Show. Full time on KCLOR with Eddie Scully.